0: I haven't really prepared much to say to you today, Yay. and I haven't planned to do any group work either, <laughs> um, but there are a few people that I have asked to say some things to you, so that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Um, so last week John spoke about covenant. And uh, what had been on my mind, I had the opportunity to chat to some people a little while ago about and when they were telling me why they were excited to be part of Lifeline. And I thought it was so encouraging to hear what they had to say that you should all get to hear what they have to say. Now, when I say all, I wasn't really planning for the youth weekend to be on this weekend and not a very big all. But you guys can share the message um, as you hear what's said. But there's just a... There's a couple of verses, one verse in particular that I just want to refresh your memories of um, before we start hearing those those different bits. Um, I'm going to try and put three verses together. Let's see how it goes. It worked right when I was reading it the other day. Um, So in Romans 12, there's three different things that I want to link together, or maybe two. Um, It says... And from verse 4, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. It then says, in verse 10, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And then it says, Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And I think when we hear Anthony's testimonies, we have an opportunity to rejoice in terms of what God's doing amongst us. When we see the video of the children's weekend away, we have an opportunity to rejoice the blessings that God rains down upon us. I think it's interesting Neil picked up that line in that song this morning because um, it was just echoing with me about God's blessings raining down on us. And there's so many different ways in which God's blessing rains down on us as we're in covenant with each other. And uh, sometimes when we hear hearing testimonies, I, th- I think we're actually very good, particularly in testimonies, about appreciating the church Um, appreciating the community that we have. Um, But I don't want us to get slack in that. I think it's important that we keep on appreciating that, keep on thanking God for this body that he's put us in. I just wanted to emphasise a couple of things that Anthony said. I feel he slipped it in as a testimony, but I think he's perhaps got more to say than a testimony. Just kind of sneaked it in with an extra little point there. But as a church, God has been speaking to us about writing things down. Um, over a number of years and we're still not very good at it although we're trying at it and I found it interesting that that God told Anthony or Anthony felt just to do this thing these video blogs for no particular reason Um, and he just did it obediently and then the, the reason came the opportunity emerged I just find that interesting I think we should make sure we note in obedience the things that God calls us or leads us to do we can't always see the big picture in terms of how it links in, but um, the step of obedience is really important. And talking about Anthony's blogs, let's have a look at one of his blogs as as a launch pad for this morning. You can see why Seth picked him, can't you? But I'm sure we can all understand why God picked him first. An attitude of gratitude. And that's what I really want us to grasp, an attitude of gratitude. Um, I've set a question to a few people, and, and today we're going to hear from Hans and Kadium, from Sally and Egerton, from Toby Simmons, from Jolie, maybe I'll share a couple of stories myself. <clears throat> the question I've set these people is, what do you appreciate about being part of Lifeline? And the question that I want you guys to ask yourself, as you're hearing what these people share with us, is how does that make you feel? When you hear these people talk about what they appreciate, what they're benefited from, benefited from how does that react, respond in you? Um, because if we're crying with those that cry and rejoicing with those that are rejoicing, there should be a response when we hear these things. Um, Hands and Cadian, where are you? You guys set? Is it Cadian, do you want to come up? Cady looking at him and saying, you never told me. <laughs> now, I haven't planned to ask questions, but if you say anything, I'm going to sit there, and if you say anything that I'm intrigued about, I'm just going to interrupt you and ask an extra question.
1: Hello, everybody. Um, Nathan was right. Hans didn't tell me. Well, <laughs> told me last night. Um ah, <laughs> But I suppose I shouldn't need too much of a you know, preparation, Um, but pretty much, um, I first knew, or well, Hans knew about Lifeline before I did. I first came to the UK in 2001, and I made one visit to Lifeline, and that was based on Hans um, having visited before, and he told me how great the community was, and I came the ones, and yes, I was quite um, intrigued by it. I really liked what I saw, Um, At the time, though, we were part of another community, and, you know, we continue to be part of the other community. While there, I mean, my other community was, um, you know, a lot of, you know, as Anthony was saying, you know, precise theology or, (laughs) yeah, was being taught, you know, a lot of what I call heavy stuff, you know, there was a lot of study of the word and, you know, Yeah, lots of um, terminologies and, you know, trying to figure out how God works. Um, Through those years, I've always, you know, there was a part of me that felt, yes, I belonged there. But then there was still something that I thought was missing. And yes, I had husband, I had children, but I still thought, you know, is it? Sorry? I was contented, but you know when you're happy but you just know that there is something missing yes sort of like that but anyway um, it so happened that we came to a crossroads um, last year where we you know made it was a very brave decision and we we made a decision because we felt that this is where this is what God wanted us to do which was to not to stop going to our other community mind you we had lots of friends there people that we loved, people that we had a lot of history with, but we just felt that God wanted to take us somewhere else to kind of change the, you know, the nature of our walk with him. Um, So we stopped for a few months, and in the back of our heads, we said, oh, we need to visit Lifeline again, because I just felt that there was something there that we needed to see um, or hear. Um, So... At the end of, yeah. So we stopped going to the other community from August and about the end of December we said, yes, we'll come to Lifeline. Um, Cause you know, we felt a f- prompting in the spirit to do so. So January we came and when I walked, when we walked through the door, I was immediately impressed by the welcome. You know, everyone was smiling, saying hi, you know, and. A lot of people never saw us here before, and they came over and said, "Oh, hello! You know, you're new here." I was really touched by that because, you know, I've been in other communities and I've not seen them welcome people like that. And, you know, it didn't matter where you came from, where you were going; they were just, you know, happy to see you come through the door. Um, and I was really touched by how people were inviting us over for dinner. <laughs> and tea, and coffee, and I was like, wow, and for me, it was, you know, they didn't know us, really, um, but, you know, there was just, you know, I just found you were very warm, very welcoming, and that spoke millions to me, Um, you know, and it seemed simple, and it might seem simple to you, but that is a very powerful thing, and, you know, as the months went on, and we got to know different people, and you know, just hearing different testimonies and seeing how God has worked, and I thought, you know, God really works powerfully in this church, um, and I'm—I have been for the last what nine months, you know, pow- powerfully touched by it all. I feel very privileged to be in your midst, and I, you know, I want you—I don't want you to be, you know, proud, but just acknowledge that God has given you a gift and, you know, the gift of outreach, of making people feel special no matter, you know, what stage of life they're at. I think that is really something. And, you know, I believe that the, you know, walking with God at the kingdom is very, it's pretty basic. Um, You know, we look at the life of Christ. He was very humble, but he touched so many people's lives and You know, he he judged when it was necessary, but there were lots of people that, you know, he didn't seek to be harsh with, even though, in our minds, you know, they deserved it. But he showed compassion, and I think that is very key. Um, Hans, you want to say anything?
2: (laughs) I'll be brief. Uh, John, John has harassed me. He said about two or three times he said I needed to share, you know, I should give it as a testimony sometime. Um, It was just recounting an event that took place in the January. Um, So we visited, I think, in December. Then we came twice in January before we were away for a while. Um, But Katie Ann -Ann and the family was very excited that we were now interacting because we had a six-month gap that we were at home, um, just fellowshipping as a family on a Sunday. So the kids were liking the interaction again, making new friends as they would. And Katie, was pretty touched by the, the pastoral such welcoming of the feel of the community. Um, and one night after flying back into the UK, I went out on a, on a day trip for business. Um, f- probably 20 minutes from landing in London City. There was just a sharp tail on the plane. Um, it was a corporate jet. So it, it just flung at the right angle. And you know when there's air turbulence, but that was just different. It just, it just went sharply to the right. And everybody got up in the plane, and everybody was a bit like, what's going on? And then the pilot came on and said, look, we just lost an engine. Well, by that time, the plane was kind of flying this way. And he said, we just lost an engine. We're going to make an emergency landing in Stansted. We're not going to make it back to London City. And you know where time kind of stood still for a while? all the iPads and all the slick leather cases, nothing seemed to make sense. Everybody who was chatting in the morning and now chatting back in the evening on the way back. Everybody just seemed to be, they were just like looking into themselves. It's hard to describe. They were just sitting and their eyeballs seemed to come out and they were just staring at something here and just reflecting. And the plane started to fly low. I was looking outside. I'm saying, all these people in, that would have been Cambridgeshire don't know, they're going to be visited by a loud bang just, just now. Um, and then I started to smirk. And I said, Hans, you've got to control yourself. These people are all terrified. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there were probably about 15 of us on the plane. And just one split second, it, there was just a, a sense of real achievement that came over me. I just said, God, I've done it. My family is in a place that even though I die now, I don't see my kids grow up. I believe that they can build relationships. I believe they could see patterns. I believe that, you know, I have led them into a place that um, I could meet you and feel contented and I've done my part. And just then, like, time started running again and the plane was blue lights in the distance, a lot of our engines. We. Finally, got to the runway. It went down to the end of the runway. A lot of people seem to have been incontinent because they ran to the toilet <laughs> <laughs> soon after. But, uh, um, and then the bravadoness started again. You know, people started their Twitter blogs or, or whatever it is. Everybody started now chatting again about the experience. And just for that one brief moment, you know, God created that anxiety. But for me, it, it gave me a sense of peace that the decisions I took, uh, you know, were in keeping with his plan. And since then, we have made some decisions. We have given up jobs. We have moved house. We trolled the whole hugging. In fact, when we decided to move, that was when, guys, back in July, I think July, Griffins and Nathan, and they came up to help us pack. We had nowhere to move to. Houses and everything were lined up. In fact, it wasn't happening for months. Everybody got involved, John, Debbie, different people were giving us numbers. Um, And then we just said, no, we're going to do it. So we got all packed and then had nowhere to go (laughs) because the deal fell through the day just before we moved. And I remember different people volunteering, no, you could come stay by us, you know, until things transition. And I was like, I'm now making friends. They're going to hear me snore, and then I'm going to lose all these friends. (laughs) God is setting me up here. (laughs) You know, but... um, as it turned out, we moved out that night. We were trying to get into our hotels. No hotels in the area we could get to. Down in Canary, no hotels at all. But he finally, we bumped by some cousins the night. And by early the morning, the real estate agents called and said, everything has gone through. All the complications are sorted, and um, they're going to bring across the keys. And yeah, that was it. We moved into Romford. not ideally, we wanted to be in good maze. But um, just finishing off, the one thing that really touched me is about two months ago, I was sitting down um, just in the back there, and I can't remember what was going on in front, but Tera, the nine-year-old, just leant across. During the meeting, we were all focused in front, and she said, Daddy, I really like this church. And she just went back, and she continued listening, and that just, it just melted my heart, you know, because, you know, Katie could express, yeah, this is nice, you know, this is where I think we should be. But for her, just to, in the middle of a service, just and back and it's almost like it didn't happen and I didn't hear anything else for the rest of the service you know I was just off in a zone so um, you know we you know, staked all and God has came through fantastically I mean and I believe that is not just God rewarding our act of faith and, and, and bringing to rest a sense of um, journeying and sojourning in our hearts but it's again I think a testimony of who you are that um, as we urted ourselves, yeah, I forget the back thing. I never experienced healing. And then we had the leadership chat. And Nathan and Avril said, come on, I think this is spiritual. In fact, when I first came here, I said, everybody in this church has a story of being sick in the history. You know, some, always some sickness. And I've never i just KDN knows me, I'm kind of, I don't do sickness. You know, it's just something not me. And suddenly, I had this back pain this week. And a couple of other bouts of sickness that I even had to go into hospital. <laughs> And then Nathan said, I think this is spiritual. And Avril and him before the meeting placed oil and they, they just prayed. And the next morning, I think I shared it once, you know, just like that, I experienced healing. And two weeks ago, and I think, as I said, that is, I believe, is part of the energy that is in the community that things happen. You know, we said like, two weeks ago when Debbie and John, everybody was helping us to try to get into schools. But because we were going to the Caribbean, we decided to homeschool. And a couple of Saturdays ago, we said, look, we're planted here now. Maybe homeschooling was part of that design of softening the blow for the kids. What if we tried to get them into a school? And we tried for St. Edwards. Everybody told us it was good. Um, but nothing was happening. And then two Saturdays ago, we said, look, we've got to apply some faith and see what God does. So probably to get the kids into some other school and probably, Katie, and you're doing some low-com work. And then I will. Then pass the baton to you for the income earning, and then I could try to find a job in the local area. Within half an hour, the postman came, and the letter was, the kids got into St. Edwards, which, if you know, it's just, Tia is just around the corner, yeah? <laughs> it's just around the corner. And everybody was telling about the two-year waiting list and all that stuff. So we were like, wow, we were just talking about that a few minutes ago. And then the phone rang. And it was Kadian's job, old job, saying, you know, if you want to do casual work anytime you're free, feel happy to come. You know, we'll provide opportunities. And she was there yesterday, the first day. So it was again like, what's wrong with these people? There's some kind of <laughs> richness that is connected to them because within 45 minutes of kind of casually just talking on a Saturday morning, what about the kids going to school? And what about you taking back up some low-income work that don't you know, contrast with the kids' routine. God provided two opportunities. The kids get, got into the school and then the job. So um, I think it's, we got, we're in a very rich period. Um, God has manifestly um, demonstrated that um, he's in this process. And more part of that than the favor and the blessings of God is just seeing the expression of everything that is shared in the front, lived out in the lives of all of you, of all of us, um, on a week-by-week basis. And I think that is our greatest treasure. And however long it took us to get here, however, we may at some times, as Anthony said, see the the ills of even, you know, living life, you know, the addiction, the other, the other problems that may come. Let us never forget that God has given us an extended family, which we call community, and we need to treasure it and not just look at all the ills. You mean for us it was an eleven year journey to get here. For others it's probably longer. But for all of us, um together there is a life that is produced that we must not grow complacent with and just take for normal. All right? That's it.
0: That's encouraging isn't it? Who wants to join that church? <laughs> Good. Um they felt welcome, the children were happy. There was breakthrough in terms of healings, in terms of work, in terms of school, and uh, they found an extended family. Not bad, is it? That that feels like blessing raining down, doesn't it? And that's what we're involved in. Okay. Let's hear from Sally and Egerton. Now, I spoke to Egerton... And then Sally phoned back to confirm, just to prove that they had effectively communicated as a couple.
3: Good morning, everyone. We came to Lifeline about a year ago, this September. What happened came about just I felt I had an itchy feet, as you call it. I felt it is time to move, and I said to Sally, I think it's time to go somewhere because there are certain things that I was looking for and I felt I was not getting in some ways it was where we were was wonderful but there was something more so I said to Sally come on let's look for somewhere we tried some other churches and then eventually God just led us to lifeline Sally says why don't we try lifeline in Mayfield school we came for the very first time Sally will tell you what happened after that
4: and I should just add from my side, I, I was very resistant to moving because we, not just because we'd been at the previous church a long time, but we had very deep friendships there. We'd been really blessed. It was difficult for me. We'd been at a, trying a, another church. The, pre, the week before we first came here, we went to a different church in Ilford and I was just in tears the whole way because it didn't, nothing wrong with that church, but it obviously wasn't where God wanted us. I was in tears the whole way. So we came the next, the following week with sort of a mix of excitement and trepidation but it was just like um we didn't when we went home we obviously talked about it but it was like a glove that fitted we remember coming up to the door i remember so clearly coming in i think worship had just started we sat over there and there was somebody like throwing their little toddler up in the air as part of the worship i think it might have been tim as in tim and michelle who left i'm not sure um i just remember the worship was so vibrant i think avril was preaching and it was groups it was small groups John was here, too, and Dawn. There was a lot of banter and little <laughs> jokes, and like a, fam- you know, like a family should be. Um, so we went home at the end of that. Oh, the ki- I remember the kids went out, and um, Ruby, I don't know if she's here. So many people did small things, which are really significant when you first come. Ruby remembered Malika's name for the next week, you know, made a special effort. Lisa, Lisa with a little baby now, was on the door, came out after the service... Because um, we went out, quite quickly out, and then she came out and chatted. S- seemingly insignificant, small things that people did that were hugely important. Because it's actually very overwhelming when you first come in. Because it's big and vibrant, and um, we just feel it was so important, all, the, all those little things that happened, even on the first day. So we went home and looked at each other and were like, Mm, I think we might go back there. <laughs> and then the next week, it was even more overwhelming because... Well, from the first week, Leone had said, we've got shared lunch next week, do you want to come? So we went to the shared lunch. But then, the, as Hans was saying as well, the, like, the, the invitations for lunch and coffee and meeting just flooded in. It was really uh, overwhelming in a really wonderful way. Um, Rachel came round. We met people who live really near us, Rachel and Susie, who geographically live very close. Um, many people did small things, small um, things but which were so important. We were going through a difficult time. People, somebody I remember came to pray with us who we'd never actually spoken before. He came with somebody else. They knocked on the door and said, can we come in and pray? You know, people really caring and and loving towards us. And I remember John saying last week about how um, the togetherness is a way of um, showing God's majesty on earth. and, And really that's how it's been for us.
3: On the whole, we've enjoyed our time here, yeah, and we're enjoying it still. <laughs> you know, yeah. some of the things that we take for granted, we've got to keep our eyes on the little things. It was Lisa at the door at that time. She was doing what she normally does as a steward. Yeah? But that made a difference in our lives. The Bible says, despise not the day of small things. They were just doing their job or their calling, fulfilling their calling. But that made an impression on us. And we stayed. You want to be in a place where you feel loved? We've got the ingredients here at Lifeline. God has given us all that. And I believe it works. House Group, Ginny, my mentor. In a church as big as this, it can be overwhelming. But belonging to a household where I feel looked after, we feel, you know, we belong in some ways. From the very first day, that's massive. That made an impression on me. And on us as well. The kids feel welcome. Seriously, we've got the ingredients for massive. We've got what God is looking for and what God has equipped us with that. I'm using the way because I feel part of it. I feel I've got something to give and you've got something to give. We share, we work together, and we build a massive community that people would come in and say, I want to be part of that. Like we've done. We are part of a wonderful church and a vibrant church. (laughs) Brilliant, thank you, that's good.
0: That's so a good reflection to get in this as a way of showing God's majest- majesty on earth. Now let me just pause for a moment. So as you guys hear this, are you remembering to ask the question, how does it make me feel? I want you to be asking, how does it make me feel? What's my response to this? Um, lots of good things, but what do we do with that? How do we rejoice with that? We're going to come back to that. And I think um, we're particularly going to use worship as a way to respond to that. Um, I just want to make sure we're asking that question consciously. Now for a video clip. Um, we've got a live satellite link up, which isn't by satellite and isn't live. <laughs> um, is it ready? Cool. Although I've been away at university for the last few years, I've still felt really connected to the, the family, the body here at Lifeline, because people have been reaching out to me and just sending emails, Uh, sending me texts, asking me how I'm doing, and just showing uh, love and care through that. And It's really spoken to me. And actually, that's been the case throughout my whole life, because growing up in Lifeline, I've always had a group of people around me to support me, whether it's been Lions Gang from a really young age or in youth. I've had leaders around me and people just offering prayer, support, and that's always been something that has... um, Demonstrated God's love to me, and I'm just thankful to God for giving me those people. Good, it's good to hear about someone that's grown up amongst us as well, isn't it? Now you can tell that he was schooled by Anthony McKernan. Very pithy, very sharp. Um, Jolie, there you are.
5: Morning. Morning. <laughs> so I've got a bit of cold. <laughs> Where will I start? I can't remember when I just started coming to Lifeline. It was about six years ago. But I knew some of the members of Lifeline almost a year before, which I, I met them in um, toddler and mother group. I was a new in this area, and um, I met Christine at the school when I was dropping Patrick's school in year one and I happened to ask her do you know anywhere you take the kids for playing or you know and and my English wasn't that good I'm still improving <laughs> 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 and then I was struggling meant to have communication with her but she managed to told me where is this place and then I went um and I remember Julia John tried to speak in French so I can be connected and um and I met lovely people, Sally, Elizabeth, and I become part of their team. And then one day happened, when they're all talking about going a uh, church holiday, and we were having lunch, and then they end up telling one of my friend, Malina, uh, do you have tent? And all that's like, where you going? I asked them. And they're like, are uh, we going on a holiday without me? <laughs> They were shocked, said, yeah, why are we going without you? And just that question, and Sally just said, oh, we're going to figure out how we're going to have to go with you. It was like a couple of days they were about to go. Somehow they managed to find, they asked me, have you, you, t- um, you camped before? I said, mm, no, as far as I can. <laughs> Maybe when I was at school and as a scout. Okay. But I said, I felt if I'm with you, I'll be fine. And then it happened, you know, God knew that I can't cope with camping. <laughs> 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 and then somehow it was, you know, kind of unavailable. I have to share with the strangers, which I didn't know. And then uh, the night before we were going to travel, it was um, Lisa Webb. She was going to give us a lift to go. So I have to make two people have to share with and who's going to drive us. That I was touched by because while we, you know, they didn't know me, but they wanted to include me. And I remember worrying, saying Avro, Navro. Um, I asked, do they have children? No. Oh. So I say, my children are really noisy and they're small. How are they going to cope with it? <laughs> but guess what? Since then, they become actually part of family. And uh, that is... And that was, for me, was in process of meeting people and looking different. And that time I was actually attending another church because I, was, I wanted actually to meet up with God. But the church I was going, it was like, when you're in the church, yeah, it's all lovely brothers and sisters, but outside, really completely different. And I remember going, but I never feel... Included, I never feel said to. And was uh, go back to uh, church holiday that week. The last week, I remember Avro asked me, um, Would you like to invite your church? I said, Which church? Lifelong church. So, me not knowing, I thought it was just friends together, no church, because I saw everyone all know each other. And I remember my children get lost everywhere, thinking everyone is lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I said, Oh, yeah, I would love to. When I came. Yeah. Oh. Just entered, and they were worshipped. I said, oh, where well, this has been? I feel just, that's what I needed. The welcome, the people I know already, so I was feeling part of them. And then go to church and worship, it was like, oh, I'm at home. And since then, I never left. And I'm still blessed by a different thing again, and... And life has been just, you know, up and down. And I've seen my family become actually my really family. Forget about friends now, they're like family because when I recall, when my son was ill, all these things just happened, um, I had actually, I was actually overwhelmed. The love, the care, and I actually, so in the middle of that, I saw God walk with me through people, and I sit down and I say, what, no, God, and um, I think I might have taken for granted the love He gave me through these people, friend, family. But actually, I sit back and I look. Maybe this happened for me to sit down and look, and I push it, and actually, I am really grateful to be part of Lifeline and to have extended family. And sometimes I just sit down and say." But why do you love me that much? What do I have to give? I asked my, qu- my question myself and I said, I receive a lot of your love. What do I give? I remember I was in, um, in a house group and it was amazing the stuff they come up that I do, which I didn't know. <laughs> and, and I said, Oh, so it's not about how big it is, it's just that. Small, significant, even to be grateful, to be served, and to make other people as well feel welcome or accommodate others. It was that big that God actually, you know. So I I find my um, part as well in a big, as we are all one body. Yeah, and now. Again, God just put me in that position again when I have to see, back kind of push him again and let see that extended family walk with me. It's been like three, I don't know, two weeks ago when I've been evicted in the house, and um, as Hans was saying, packing but not knowing where you're going. So I had um, really, in that process, I could have just panicked but didn't, because somehow, because I've seen God walk through different things before. And I said, I remember my house group and my friends, my family were worrying, um, what are we are gonna do, shall we do this? But in, they all already have given place to live, who's gonna feed me, where, you know, everyone has really given generally, and that is God, again, saying, you're not alone. I'm your provider. And through people, through my people, your brothers and sisters, they are here. So I have seen God serve me through them. And um, that makes me even strong. And, and I'm really trying to explain to my children, and I hope they're going to see this love, this caring, this community that they should actually grow, and actually, even when they're going to go somewhere, to find themselves doing the same thing. Accord is like a seed we are putting them, no matter where they're going to go, to push it. the community we have. So I'm really, I want to thank you, and I want to thank God that I'm part of this extension family lifeline. Thank you. Thank you. I was dying to know who she stayed with on that first
0: church holiday. It was Avril and Rachel. I suppose I, I've always had an expectation of that immediate impact when someone comes into our presence on a Sunday morning. And we can see how, you know, when people come into our, our midst as a community, that has an impact. But I suppose one of the things I've always enjoyed about bringing friends on a Sunday morning is there is, as we worship together, there is, there is a presence of God here. I do have an expectation that people be touched as they come into the presence, as we worship corporately together. And it's just interesting to hear Jolie mentioned that when she walked in that first time she was impacted right so obviously we rejoice with those that rejoice as we hear people give testimony that inspires us doesn't it that excites us um one of the things for me and I I've been mulling over that question over the last week and having grown up in this church and having been blessed in many ways um Including probably at times when I wasn't so engaged with church and interest in what was going on, having people that cared about me, were interested for me, prayed for me. I think that's had an impact on my life. Um, I think particularly when Judy and I were preparing to get married, we really tested the church in terms of its resource to uh, to help people get married. You know, two strong minds coming together. Um, the the phrase "iron sharpening iron" has always been appropriate. I remember Andrew and Julia, a particular crisis point, um, turning round on the A13 from their ship, shop shop trip to Lakeside to come back and help sort us out, and then you know calling in backup elders to help us and being available at a moment's notice. Um, <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Yeah, I, re- I really tested our systems. We really tested our systems. I think at times of being unwell and having people that will come and and pray or people that come and give medical opinions, isn't it great having Ken part of us, our our resident doctor? I was talking to my nan and grandad the other day because Caleb had um, German measles, apparently not as bad as measles. It's only very brief, not contagious anymore, I don't think. Seems fine, thank you very much. Um, And she said, well, you've got a resident doctor, just talk to him. And uh, even, you know, even, even people outside of the community understand what we have in the community. Um, and so being so, so blessed, having that extended family, growing up when we had people visit the house who I knew were, you know, as a, as a child, I knew were interested in, in me. Um, people that I could practice my resting moves on. Um, really important things as a boy growing up. And I suppose what that makes me apart from being thankful, is that makes me think, how can I replicate that? What's my responsibility to, to, to allow others to benefit from this community? That affects me in terms of my work, thinking actually, how can I share this community that I've benefited from in my work? That affects me in church when I'm, when I'm, when I'm seeing my friends' children. How can I relate to their children in the way that countless people related to me as a child? As I'm talking with young people or maybe not so young people now, always thinking, actually, I've benefited so much. I've seen that grace raining down. How can I replicate that as a part of my continual worship